Okay, so we're kicking off today with a question to Dr. J. Dr. J, do you know what the secret is to not overeating? Wait, there's a secret? There All is. right, do tell. Eating less. So what this is, is the uh, typical answer you basically get from most fitness professionals out there. It's this kind of, it's true, but not really helpful. It's this eat less, move more. Yep. And so a lot of people get into this of like, okay, I want to lose weight. So I need to eat less. And so the typical approach that we're seeing all across the industry is here's a meal plan. Here's some nutrition guidelines. Here's the calories you should be at. And even though we need to be at a calorie deficit, we need to eat less. There's some core principles that Dr. J and I are going to go over today that are going to help you solve that problem without just this statement of just eat less. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach with the Jock and the Doc Podcast, where fitness meets behavioral science. Join your hosts, Scott Schutte, a seasoned personal trainer, gym owner, and 360 wellness coach, and Dr. Janine Steester, a PhD behaviorist and expert in all things behavior change, as they share their combined expertise to empower fitness professionals like you. With practical tips, cutting-edge topics, and industry-leading guests, you'll learn everything from motivation and goal setting to habit formation and overcoming obstacles. Whether you're a seasoned fitness pro or just starting off your coaching journey, Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach is your essential guide to mastering the art of coaching and changing lives. Yeah, I think this is something that we should all be mindful of because to your point, like you you, you want to start this fitness journey or you want to make an impact, you want to lose this weight by a wedding or whatever it is. And so it's really easy to get super excited about everything that you're going to do. And I'm going to eliminate this. I'm going to give this up. And we're going to talk about elimination a little bit later. But it's really about this is going to take a hot minute. It's not going to take two days. It's not going to take five days. You can get some progress going, but it's not going to be, again, by the end of the week, we're done with this. So what pacing can you do that allows your body and your mind to feel like, as you put it, your, your average is a caloric deficit, but overall, you're still able to live your lifestyle and things like that. And you're not sitting at seven o'clock, just going through the pantry at night, you know, just hoarding everything because you felt so deprived. And there's so much literature and research and just what we know about humans, the more we feel deprived, the more we also start to crave things. So even if you're like, no, I'm all in Janine and I'm gonna do these things, that's great. But humans will eventually feel like I'm missing out on something and I'm going to crave it back. So do yourself a favor and just don't even set yourself up for that and think about it in small increments. Yeah, and I think what's nice is there's, there's more and more research going off of like there isn't a particular diet that's, that's better than the others. As long as we're hitting some of these core principles, like we shouldn't be in excess calories. There's a certain amount of protein we need to get. There's a certain amount of healthy fats we need to get. Fiber is good for us long-term. So as long as we're hitting a few of these parameters, people can come in with a lot of different approaches. Yep. And so we can meet people where they're at and slightly make some adjustments for it. First, like I see so many people like, well, here's a meal plan based off of your weight and your sex and your age and, and good luck. And that might work for a small, very small percentage of people. And it might work for, you, for some of the coaches out there that are hardcore into this. But like the majority of the people out there, this is not gonna work. So if we can find something that, that's close to what they're doing, find some ways to like just bring back the calories just a little bit. Then we can go from that trend of them putting on a few pounds every year to them slowly starting to lose that off. And it's a good long-term fix. So jump into the next one. This is more Dr. J's like noticing triggers. So dive into that for me. Well, we all know that there's just like emotional moments, social situations, stressful things that, um, 
tend to be paired with certain particular eating behaviors that we have. So if it's girls' night out or whatever, there, you know, there might be a typical restaurant or a bar that people go to or a favorite restaurant where they tend to order the same things. Yep. So is that going to, when you get into that restaurant, despite your mindset of like, oh, I'm gonna order just grilled chicken and broccoli or whatever it is, and you get in there and the same smells and the same kind of interactions and you're like, I gotta have that artichoke spinach dip and I gotta have this and I gotta have that. So know what your triggers are. And if this is something that, A, you're either in it for the long haul, kind of know like, okay, maybe can I reduce those frequencies or just know it ahead of time and, and calculate accordingly. Am I going to maybe reduce a little bit of what lunch and breakfast look like so I have a little bit more room, but not pretend that, oh, that's not uh, gonna happen. Or if work is stressful or the kiddos or the family um, or, or work colleagues are stressful, what are those triggers that kind of make you kind of head for the snacks or those indulgent foods? And, and kind of think that through. And the last one I'll mention too that sometimes people don't think about is even the way that you drive places, we typically all have the similar routes that we take to work or to certain activities. If there's a place that you tend to pit stop, um, sometimes I find this with Starbucks, sometimes on the weekends, like I'll go to yoga, the Starbucks is around the corner and it's almost, and then sometimes I have to catch myself and be like, do I really even feel like it today? But it's just something that I typically do to so take a different route and just think about that on this journey and so that you're setting yourself up either to not have some things or just to at least be mindful and plan for them. And these triggers kind of dive into a little bit of this of, of kind of re redefining yourself too. And we yeah. had a conversation about yeah. this and, and I'll let you dive into that more once I get um, my two cents out of here. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's just like I've had clients before where they, you know, they're used to this routine of like they go home, they sit on the couch, they have their, their bar set up right there so they can make their cocktails. So it's like, well, rearrange the, rearrange the furniture in your house or move the, the bar area because it, it wasn't just built in into a different area of the house. Like try to change up some of that. Like, I, you know, more you hear more extreme cases about people moving to a new house because yeah. that has to do it or moving to a different town or really, and it's hard to say this sometimes, but it's just like, spending more time with, with people that aren't going to give some of these triggers. Like if you have your drinking buddies and you meet up with them and you're not drinking, guess what? You're gonna get a lot of shit. Yeah. Like, like, why aren't you drinking? Like, what's wrong? Like, yeah, they're they're your drinking buddies. Yeah. That's supposed to happen. But if you get like your, your you know, your pickleball buddies or you like your, your, your workout crew, all these different things, you can find different people and like, it's gonna start, um, giving you different triggers. And, and if you can line those triggers up that are more towards your goals, like you're gonna have better uh, long-term effect with that. Yeah, and, and real quick, that redefining, there's, there's a lot of clinical research, just all of these things that really um, speak to the fact that when we've been a certain, whether it's weight or certain activities for a period of time, we start to subconsciously identify ourselves with those, like the drinking buddies, those types of things. And again, there's nothing wrong with a good couple of drinking buddies on occasion, right? But the question is, is that if you have a goal that looks different, if you wanna look and feel different than you do now, certain things in your world are going to need to change because those are, you're gonna need different triggers. And a lot of people that lose weight, that end up gaining weight, which is most of the population when they lose a decent amount of weight, tend to over time gain it back. There's two big reasons for that. One is we're dragging our old habits along with us. So the minute that we've kind of hit our goal, those old habits are still hanging with us. And so we get back into the routines that then created the weight in the first place. The second part is, is that if you don't start thinking of yourself as a different person, 
again, not necessarily your values or your integrity or those kind of things, but how you live your life and who you are, it becomes really difficult to maintain those new behaviors and those new experiences that you want. So just keeping that in mind when you're thinking about your triggers, whether they're in your space, who you hang out with, the schedule that you keep, um, and just start playing with that and just even noticing them. It goes a long, long way. So next one is the, uh, the approach that we like to take is this minimal effective dose versus like maximal effort to get there as quick as possible. And so I know we're talking about, um, you know, how to not overeat, but in regards to just calories in general, I think alcohol is a good example for this one. And so I'll have a new client and they're drinking, you know, three nights a week and they're having three or four nights, uh, three or four drinks those nights. Um, they're like, well, I can just cut it all out. And I'm like, <laughs> you can, um, but like, let's break that down. In, in, in for this one person in particular, like one night they were doing it, you know, as it it like a friends and they're, you know, playing some like outdoor volleyball and they're doing that. And then the night was kind of more of a date night with a friend, with their, with their significant other. And the other one was another group of people where they just more kind of social drinking. And it's like, okay, instead of like cutting it all out and feel like you're just depriving yourself, like let's just find one of those evenings where we find a replacement for that. And we'll get into replacements later. And then see how that goes. And, you know, through the discussions, like, well, you know, if I'm, I'm doing the volleyball, I don't really need it as much there, so we can cut that out. I was just going to ask if that was helping the volleyball. Because sometimes, like... I think it's just one of those things of, like, you know, volleyball's at a bar. People used yeah. to be drinking at the bar. So yeah. it's just kind of one of those, like, triggers that we talked about earlier. Yep. So instead of, you know, but cut it all out, which I... I I've definitely tried that approach as a young trainer. And short term, it works really well. But then people only know this like, okay, um, I'm either cutting it all out or I'm just going back to my usual routine. If we can find somewhere to cut out just little chunks of that, back to that seven-day average of reducing the calories down so we can lose the weight that we want, we're ultimately going to get there. And so this is a better long-term approach. And I, I talk with my clients a lot on this is like, Okay, food and drink can be very enjoyable and they can enhance an experience. And I'm all for you having these enhanced experiences. But if we're doing it every day, it's not really an experience and it's just a part of your everyday routine. You're yeah. not really highlighting it though. Yeah, and there's a big difference between that. And, and I'm glad you pointed that out. The other thing too is that we are naturally um, orient. We don't like losing things. We don't yeah. like, um, we, we call it like loss aversion theory and things like that. But there's a lot of understanding about that our brains don't like to give up things and we don't like to lose out on things. That's why there's, you know, fear of missing out or FOMO is, is, is a real thing. And so the same thing happens with, with foods and things like that, that if we take it all out and there are, there are cases where that's, very important. So some people have a certain weakness for one little food and they struggle with that or alcoholism or certain addictions, like for sure, we need to cut some things out. But for most people on the day to day, if we go too far to that extreme, eventually our brain starts craving what we've given up even more than had we reduced the amount a little bit or the frequency. And again, you and I talk about this a lot because Scott's not what's called a moderator um, in regards to um, certain things um, like the food. And so having just a, taking a little bit out of a, a, a amount of it is gonna be a struggle for you. So you might not have it that Tuesday, but you might have it that Friday. Um, other people can take small amounts of things and just say, I'm gonna have one square chocolate or this or that. And you gotta know, back to knowing yourself, you gotta kinda know if you can do that. But again, real quick though, is there something wrong with those type of people? <laughs> no, you just don't understand okay. them. Okay. There's something nothing wrong with them at all. She They're a bit of a unicorn. But... She didn't learn that in PhD school. <laughs> 
so anyway, so the, the point is, is that in general, for most things, even if you're like, yeah, but I got this and I want to speed this up to your point, you're probably going to boomerang it back if, if you go too extreme, too fast and remove everything that you're enjoying. Um, even if you don't technically miss it, your brain is going to crave it and it's going to kind of overcompensate usually. Yeah. So she started getting into this. This is her number four, like the know yourself. And so, so having an understanding of that, it's like she talked about, I'm not a moderation person. So like me keeping a bunch of like unhealthy food in the house just doesn't work out that well. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go out and like, if I'm on a trip with my wife and like we go and get some gelato, pistachio is my favorite, by the way. Um, and so that's, that's good to have. That doesn't mean I'm never going to have that. Um, and I did go through that phase as a trainer for a little bit of like, oh, I'm going to eat is clean food. And <laughs> if you're that trainer in that phase, unless you're doing some body comp show, um, I don't know if it's really worth it. But anyways, <laughs> my personal opinion. So um, knowing yourself with that, like surrounding yourself uh, with the people, with the environment, like uh, good luck for me going to a Mexican place and then putting the free chips in yeah. front of me yeah, and yeah. not having most of the bowl. And so like, I, I see that with Second clients bowl, too. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I know I like for you to enjoy the stuff, but I don't know if Mexican's the best choice because you're having about 7,000 calories for that one meal. And that's for my seven day average, that's really messing up. So maybe go somewhere else. But anyways, back to knowing yourself. So. Um, I feel like we sufficiently covered that one. So last one, I'm using the notes here. Um, we talk a lot about this, this replace, don't eliminate. Uh, Dr. J brought this to my attention. We call it our eats, model, escape, attention, tangible, sensory, these root causes for our behaviors, whether healthy or unhealthy, but we're mainly talking about unhealthy today. We'll get into good, healthy behaviors at another time. Um, so dive, dive into that. Well, it, it, for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's just really saying that for some behaviors, we do it to get an escape. It's just a release. Sometimes it can be that drinking and, and something like that. Other times it's for social reasons. We're connecting with others. And so we're meeting at a Mexican restaurant, eating the chips and dipping in the salsa and talking is part of that experience. Sometimes it's, I need something, I deserve something. I worked really hard. That's our T for tangible. Um, and then other times it's because it's sensory. As for sensory, it feels good. It brings back some nostalgia or memory, or it's like a classic comfort food in some ways. And so we might really enjoy it. But the point is, is that if we understand that all of our behaviors serve us a purpose. So when you just eliminate that purpose, that need is still there. And so if you just leave your brain to go find something else, eh, it doesn't always do the best job if we're not intentional. So what we like to stress is if you need to have less of something, let's say the chocolate, maybe you don't have the, the chocolate bars in your house, but you have a lower calorie snack or something, if it's for the taste or that sensory, or if it's just because it's your way to unwind, just to sit and you have your chocolate or whatever, what other ways can you unwind? So just replace it instead of eliminate it. Because again, most people can do something for a period of time, but if we haven't replaced it and that need is still there, it's gonna come back and sometimes with a vengeance. And so when I talk to people and they are worried about sometimes, oh, why do I binge eat or why do I do this? Or why do I always do things in excess? Sometimes that's why, because we've tried to take away something, not replaced it, and now we boomerang back, whether it's the same previous behavior or a new one. Yeah, so when, you, when you're taking this approach of like, I'm trying to cut back on some of the, the, the food, I'm trying to eat less, it's, it's typically coming from this, like, I want to lose some weight. And so, yes, we need to be in a slight calorie deficit. But 
back to my original point of the secrets to eat less. It's not helpful. We don't, you know, we do need to reduce calories, but we need to find ways to do that that's easy and enjoyable. So when I'm working with clients, um, we're looking for like big caloric offenders and how to reduce that minimal effective dose. And then we make sure that they're, they're, they're training in the right direction. So they are losing the body fat. After that, constantly playing the game of how do I make this easier and more enjoyable? Because we should be thinking about this as in the long haul. Because if it's just one of these things, like if someone comes in and they're like, I'm so tired of eating this chicken and vegetable thing. I'm like, well, we need to find something else to eat. Like I had a guy come in today and he's like, the meal I had, you know, I, I had I had chicken, I had broccoli, I used the coconut aminos, which you like, and if you have any coconut aminos, they're very good. Mm -hmm. um, he's like, it kind of like my stir fry. He's like, I actually love that meal. When I hear that thing, along with I see his numbers going down, I was like, I know we're set up for long-term success. It's when we're, we're coming in and like, man, by the end of the day, I'm just starving and I'm, I'm kind of overeating. You know, we're, we're, we're not set up very well there. If we're still kind of going out with the old friends and over drinking, that we're not set up for success. So, so really breaking down these different parts. And we went over five things today. That doesn't mean you need to tackle all five tomorrow. Pick one of these. Make that small adjustment there and just see how that works for you. Yeah, and these five things are just really designed, whether it's you know the knowing yourself, minimum effective dose, whatever. They're really just meant to help you do something in a sustained way because I just haven't met anyone that's like, I love yo-yo dieting. I love having some success and then gaining it back or feeling sluggish again. Most people would like to maintain their results. And so we're just encouraging that can be done, but there's just a couple of things we need to unlearn and relearn to do that. So hopefully you found this helpful. Um, we always love comments and things like that. So please, you know, message us and let us know um, if you find these helpful, if there's other topics that we can um, that we can do on this podcast and um, and drop us a line. See you next time.